The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the markers who've built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. We're going to hear about the potential drawbacks of founder branding startups and how it might limit business growth and overshadow the brand's potential for success. Join us is Scott Terman, who's the founder, CEO at Bright Ray Publishing, which helps busy professionals write and publish their stories to distinguish themselves and their brands. Today, Scott and I are going to discuss founder branding may be holding startups back. I can't wait to dive into this because as someone who is a founder and professional personal brand, someone who's gone down the podcast journey, as you know, I'm in the book journey. So Scott and I were talking about that a little bit before. Here's my conversation with Scott Terman, the founder, CEO at Bright Rate Publishing. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, we were talking about my, my mic screwed up. You're on vacation. My kids are starting school in two days. So shit's all over the place to say the least, but that's okay. We're we're going to get some great content out here. And, and I'm really excited to have you on because I think a lot of people get hung up about being a personal brand. And I know you work with a lot of really great personal brands and a lot of even authors. So, you know, maybe help give our audience maybe your background and a little bit more about your company before we get started. So millions of years ago, I worked at NASA for a couple of years. I'm named after the second American in space, Scott Carpenter. My dad was an engineer for Mercury Redstone. And so it was always kind of my destiny, or at least I thought it was, to, to go work at the Cape. You know, I wormed my way in and I, I finally got there. I was super happy. It was just amazing going through those gates. And you could see the you know, vehicle assembly building in the distance. And I could see all the spots where, you know, my dad's rockets went off. And I was there for two years. And then I started thinking, this is probably not for me. This is not where the, uh, you know, as awesome as this is, this is probably not for me. And then I, I tried to take my wares over to the closest large fortune, you know, 20, which was Disney. And they would not, they wouldn't talk to me for whatever reason. I think there was some kind of an, uh, an agreement that NASA wouldn't steal from Disney and steal, Disney wouldn't steal from NASA. So I FedExed my resume to Michael Eisner to his house like a psychopath. I didn't know any better. <laughs> and um, and uh, well, I got the contract. A couple of months later, I, I, I closed. And then I kind of really looked back. 12 years ago, I guess I grew up to 20 or 30 engineers, software engineers. And then I realized a couple of years back, I guess right before COVID, that there's got to be a better way in terms of happiness. I just I realized I was just a little bit happier kind of doing something different. And I uh, was trying to write a book for years, couldn't get it out. And it was kind of this, you know, during COVID, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I think everybody thought they were going to write a book during COVID. I couldn't get it done because I suck as a writer. So a uh, very close friend of mine, his daughter had written 12 books for the age of 20. 
And then we kind of worked together over Zoom during COVID to get this done. We got it done and published it. I, I did what I had to do, hired my engineers because the book was, the impetus of the book was actually teaching engineers how to negotiate salary and such. Did great, did it, went it out. And I had a call from my buddy over. He was like, he's a professor at Rice University. And saying, you know, how the hell did you do this? You know, you're, you're not capable of writing a book, man. You're, you have a really good engineering mind, but sitting down for 10 hours a day to get a book done, you know, was it going to happen? I told him how I did it. And then he's like, hey, well, would you do it for me? So Zoe Rose, who's now with my main partner in Primary Publishing, we figured out this process to kind of pull the people's books out of their heads to this, this weekly interview. And now we're 14 employees and we've kind of never looked back. That's awesome. So thank you for that background. NASA, Disney, some brand experience for our brand marketers here in the audience. And then Man, I, I just relate a lot. I, I've been trying to write a book for five years unsuccessfully. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to write a book is because some of my favorite ad people of all time wrote books. And I was like, that's the pathway to success. So I'll, I'll copy what, you know, David Ogilvy did and, and the Martin Agency. I mean, the Martin Agency guy wrote a book on strategy and the Martin Agency out of Richmond, Virginia became one of the best agencies in the globe. You know, David Ogilvy still an icon. Ogilvy on advertising, I think still a fantastic book. So I tried to write one and I put three in the dumpster. I should be super close to publishing my book five years later. And it kind of took a weird turn, but I talked to a lot of founders, CEOs. I do think publishing content and thought leadership is the way to go for professional brands. What are some opportunities you see that other founder brands or professional service brands don't see? Why do you think writing a book is so helpful? And what have you seen in terms of mistakes made when people try to write a book as a professional? I mean, typically it's kind of like any practice craft, right? And I don't love that word craft, but if you haven't written a SaaS product or something, you're probably not going to get it right the first time. If you haven't piloted a large boat over 60 feet, you're probably going to screw it up the first time. And if you think you're going to write your book correctly the first time, you're not, and you're going to get it wrong. The craft goes like this, the hero's journey, right? The Iliad and Odyssey. What was your path to get here? What ups and downs led you here? What did you become expert in as a result? What are you solving for? And how do you solve the damn thing? It's every business book that's ever been written. And typically it's just not done correctly because it's not an interesting story or a good writer can make that into an interesting story. No one wants to read, I did this, I did that. Just It has to really kind of flow and it has to kind of resonate with the listener or the reader. And it's just, it's hard to do. So which is why a professional writer, at the very minimum, get an editor for Christ's sake. At the very minimum, get a copy editor, a copyright. At the very minimum, get people who, who could rush in there and kind of go sand all that stuff down where they can kind of tell that story a little bit better than, than maybe you could by yourself. Yeah, no. I, and, and again, right before the show, you and I talked, I mean, you know, I produced 25 podcasts before I had been and his skill set. I hear everything who produces my podcast and he's made my life so much better. The podcast is so much more successful. You know, I thought originally podcast was about insane, well-known guests and high production quality on camera, three camera, this, that. And I, I was wrong. It's really more about tight knit, authentic conversations about a very specific topic. And the SEO matters, the, the rankings matter, how you write the topics matter, how you submit it to all the different podcast channels matter, not just one. So there's all these other really small executional tweak things that mattered. Sounds like that is the case too with publishing a book. Yeah, because you could have, and let's pretend that the book was actually perfect, right? You, you got to write the very first time. Well, how'd the cover work out? Is it compelling? Is it is it a good title? Because titles are like 80% of it. Believe it or not, it's, which I guess is the SEO part of that as well, right? That title doesn't resonate with someone looking for to solve that particular problem. It's going nowhere. If you try to write a book for 50 million people, you've written a book for nobody, especially if it's a business book. You need to write a book for like 
12,000 people on the planet who look at that title and think, oh my God, he or she understands me. They get it. Right. Whereas if it's like the word business, who gives a, no one cares about that. They wouldn't care about business as it relates to advertising and marketing for plumbing professionals, SaaS providers, or some craziness Mm. that's all the niched all the way down into that kind of demographic. Whereas if you wrote a book for tons of people, no one's going to get it. They're just not. It's like that age old quote about show me a good marketer. I'll show you a better niche marketer. Sounds like a lot of that in the, in the publishing space. But to kind of get back to our topic, you know, what potential dropouts are there for founder branding startups? My experience has been this. If you're trying to raise money, you're looking for to hire a bunch of people who've got to trust you that you're not going to run the company into the ground. Or if you're trying to get business partners, you're trying to hire technology people. If that founder brand is going to make or break you, especially if you're just okay, especially if you're just kind of mediocre at what you do, right? And that kind of uh, the plumage, if you will, that how they find you, what they find, what they say when you're not in the room is the definition of brand, right? And, and if they don't have anything to say because there's nothing to find on you, uh, I think that, that they're going to have more headwinds. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. Anything's possible. You could be a no one and, and absolutely crush it. It happens every single day. But if you're looking to raise $10 million to your B, your Series B, it's going to really help if they look you up and they see you've written a book, you've accomplished some things, and you've done some things. They're going to look at your, they're going to look at all the things that exemplify what that is, right? So there's this idea, this brain heuristics, right? So these kind of shortcuts that you take to go make these kind of quick, low information decisions. Those things are super important for the last 50,000 years because finding the right mate, finding the wrong mate can get you killed. Eating the wrong thing can get you yep. killed. Those shortcuts are, well, the apple looks not rotten and smells correct. It's probably fine. Now, if you were going to do it all the way, you cut it open and you look for worms. You would do the whole thing, but you don't have time for that, right? Because we've kind of optimized for speed over accuracy. And that's all the way to today. What's the first thing people do when they kind of are going to do business with you or may do business with you? They're going to look you up, right? And then maybe they go off the rails. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we probably don't talk about, right? Is Huh, I wonder where this person lives. They look at the size of your house from Google or, or whatever. All those things are, are, are quality signals, right? And, and a book can be the kind of foundation to those quality signals in that it can get you on the news. It can get you in the interviews. It can do the things you need to build that founder brand to go do all the things you need or want to do. Man, a lot resonated there. I love what you said about what did you say about life is built for speed rather than accuracy? Yeah. Or So, uh, so our, our brains, the shortcuts in our brains, we're, we're optimized for speed, not accuracy. Slowness gets you killed. Whether is that a poisonous snake that just bit me or, or is that the right tribe I should be hanging out with? That, that has to happen quickly and the slowness can get you killed. And I think as a result, we've got all these kind of shortcuts in our brain that, that we make a bunch of decisions that we didn't have control over to this day. And you're right. I mean, humans want to relate to humans and humans want to be doing business with people that, you know, look successful. We're a lot more superficial than we think. And so, man, I could just see a quick Google test and, oh, you got a book. Okay. Oh, you're Forbes counsel. It's definitely that credibility behind it. You know, so if someone meets you, they're like, oh yeah, I kind of like this person. Then the smell test is a quick little Google. And oh yeah, I'm sure people do this on, on the dating apps too. It's like, okay, who is this person? Right. And similar process in finding partners, especially in B2B. Anything else you see or any kind of words you want to uh, leave us with? Yeah, because the idea that somehow someone's above all this, that their work is going to speak for themselves is horseshit. And it always has been. You look someone up, you're like, oh man, they, they've really kind of finally crafted that brand and it, it feels like it's all organic. It's not. It's never been organic. It's not. It's just not a thing. 
every every part of whether it's from the 1930s and 40s this is kind of black and white film type stuff all the way all the way into today all of those brands are crafted by the studios whether it was uh, a singer from the 1920s or someone today that brand is being sanded down and is being absolutely done in such a way where they know exactly what they're what you're going to find when you look them up or at least they're doing the very best to, to make that happen and it's it's and the idea that somehow we're gonna, it's going to all happen organically because my work is so amazing is just, it's not a thing. Insincerity is that other, the other part of that where people are just kind of super superficial and insincere. That's, that's, that's not going to work either. But that's the other problem, right? What if you're not outgoing? You're going to receive head. We find someone who is outgoing. That should be your partner, you know? <laughs> that's funny. So here's the deal. We're going to bring you right back. And, and, and I want to yeah. go into a little bit more about personal branding. And I want to talk about personal branding mistakes. So we're going to wrap it up here on the Reband Podcast. Big thanks to Scott Terman, founder, CEO at Bright Ray Publishing for joining us. Part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Scott and I are going to talk about common personal branding mistakes. If you can't wait till the next episode and you want to learn more about Scott, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is at Scott Terman, T-U-R-M-A-N, or a company website at brightray.com. Another note on our show notes I want to tell you about, you didn't have a chance to take notes or you want to listen to rebrand podcast or send us someone everything's at rebrandpod.com that's rebrandpod.com we got summaries and episodes contact information for guests of course the biggest kpi for us is subscriptions so you know hit that subscribe button on either you know spotify or apple that's how we judge what we're doing if we're building our marketing community we look at a couple of things we look at subscribers not necessarily downloads we look at who's subscribing and how long you listen. So those are the two things that tell us, you know, are we going the right direction? Uh, you can find me on social media. It's just at Scott Harkey. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, probably best on LinkedIn. It's probably where I, I produce a lot of content and uh, you'll find uh, hopefully some other marketing tips and things there. That's it for today. But remember, never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 